This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. The Geeks Variety. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome into Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White, here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg, and Wills Contraire, IT expert at Newcore Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's show about consumer technology. It's uh, your very own personal IT department, uh, all wrapped up in one convenient package. Jeremy can help you fix it, and Wilts can help you keep it safe, and both can actually do either really well. So regardless, you're in safe hands. You want to hear, uh, we want to hear from you this morning. Got any tech problems? Got some issues? Got some questions? Or do you have a story or an experience to share? Uh, call Everyday Tech this morning. 877-MPB-RING is the number. That's 877-672-7464. And as I said at the very top of the hour, today it, in some uh, in some manner, I would love to discuss some sex, Section 230 stuff. That doesn't sound very techy at all. It sounds super political, but uh, and it is. <laughs> uh, it's the liability shield law, uh, and, and I can give you kind of an overview of what it is if you're not aware of what it is, but it is a big deal in the world of tech, and uh, I would love to discuss that today. And, and kind of I want to get your your thoughts, your opinions on the very general idea of Section 230. It is a liability shield law for Internet companies, for example, like Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Should those companies be held accountable and or liable for things that are put on those websites, like YouTube videos that, uh, or Facebook posts or groups that... Um, I guess, um, send out information and pass information around that is incorrect or dangerous, which we've seen a lot of uh, here lately, and it's only going to get worse. And I don't say that with any political bias. I think regardless of who you're for or which side you're on or if you're against both sides and you're completely in the middle, dangerous stuff happens all over the place. And a lot of the danger is not even political in nature. It's completely uh, above that or or below it, I should say. So uh, there are, are recent uh, the recent change in the White House has brought along with it new uh, ideas as to policy regarding Section 230. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. But the the new ideas and the p- the potential changes that the Biden administration are thinking about making are not necessarily as far apart from the Trump administration as one might think, which might go to show you just what kind of danger this situation presents to everyone, regardless of who you are. Again, the number this morning is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. I'm largely torn on this. I don't know that I have a concrete opinion on this one way or the other. Uh, there is uh, freedom of expression and freedom of speech rights that every single person is guaranteed. And, you know, how do those things attach to websites like YouTube that give you a platform to share your opinion uh, and your speech uh, and and how protected is that speech if it can cause wide scale chaos and danger? Uh, so would love to hear from you this morning. Eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. That's eight seven seven MPB ring. We were not here last week, as uh, everyone associated with the show knows. 
Wednesday at 11 Eastern is the time to do everything. I get it. It's like right in the middle of the week. It's like the mid post of the week, essentially. So uh, the inauguration was happening last week. Uh, We had to be talked into it, but we graciously gave way to the presidential inauguration being on the radio. Um, And but we're back this week. And I'm actually, you know, with the things going on now, you know, last week in 2000, last year, excuse me, in 2020, we lost upwards of like, I don't know, a dozen episodes early in the first uh, quarter of the year to an impeachment trial. Well, evidently, there's another one of those going on now. So I totally expected to not be on this week. And I would call this a major upset that we even have a show this week. So with that in mind... Good morning to you, fellas. It is good to talk to you again. Jeremy, let's start with you. How are things going? Hey, good morning, Jay and Wiltz. Uh, everything's going pretty good. Um, uh, you know, I, I try to take the good with the bad when I can. Um, honestly, I've been having a couple of rough weeks. Last week, I spilled coffee on my uh, my keyboard mm. and my synthesizer. And Oh, no, um, not the new one. Yeah, man, the new oh. one. And uh, it was... I, I did not handle it well. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I turned into a child temporarily and just had a little tantrum. But um, I was able to uh, to get it taken apart and uh, mitigate the damage. And there was um, there was nothing that was damaged that required any replacement. I just had to take time to pull it apart and clean it out. Uh, so I got really lucky um, with that. Then I clean my uh, my keyboard out, which it's also a pretty nice keyboard. You know, it's got like mechanical keys and stuff in it. So I cleaned it off, and there was like no coffee in it. So I, I don't know. I guess I thought I spilled coffee on it. I swear <laughs> I did, but I couldn't find I couldn't find any in it. So I took that as an opportunity to just you know clean all the hair and dust and crumbs and stuff out of my keyboard. Um, and then uh, two days ago, I was getting out of my car, and my phone fell out of my lap right onto my driveway, mm. and just cracked the screen man and i you know honestly i received the phone better than i received the the synthesizer uh and the coffee spill um you know i got insurance on the phone so i can get that fixed and i went and looked into that and i'm i'm pretty impressed by how they how they handle this now they will actually send a technician to you to your home to your workplace whatever uh, to get the phone and fix it in a little van outside while you wait. Wow. And yeah. And you know, uh, I do, I used to do a lot of phone repairs, but I've seen phone repairs taper off quite a lot. And I was kind of trying to figure out, you know, has everybody changed their prices? What, what have I missed? Or just people just not getting stuff fixed. Everybody buying new stuff. What's going on? Well, they told me to fix the screen on my galaxy note 20 ultra it was going to cost $29, and I was just floored by that. I mean, I know you pay insurance monthly for the phone, but for – I mean, I, I remember like you know 10 years ago shattering my phone screen, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, you got to pay a $100 deductible to, to get a refurb. And now I get to pay 29 bucks to have somebody actually come to me and replace the screen so I get to keep – my phone rather than getting a refurb or something like that. I like that a lot more. I will let y'all know how that goes because he's coming tomorrow to fix it. Wow. That's a lot. You had a, you had, you had some busy times there and emotion, yeah. an emotional roller coaster. You know, you just got to stop putting labels on things. Good, bad, <laughs> you know, life just happens to you and you, you either accept it or you fight it, but either way you got to deal with it. Absolutely. Uh, little philosophy this morning. That's very nice. I like that. I like that. Wills, good morning to you. How have things been? I know you had a, you put out a little fire, like as the show started this morning. Yeah, starting off the morning with you know a few things going on, but kind of got that under control. So I'm a, uh, I'll continue to watch it as the show goes on and make sure it's just playing with with fiber optics. Always a fun, <laughs> you know. You're the man, Wills. A little light. Java told me uh, during the news break there, he was like, man, you should see Wiltz over here where we have a Skype call. That's how we bring everybody together. And he's like, Wiltz is pointing at people and he's hollering stuff. And he's like, it's like he's directing a, <laughs> a troop over here. And like he's pointing people in this direction and that direction. They're pulling stuff out. Cords are flying all over the place. Man, I don't know, right? Gotta get things done. Got to do it. Got to make it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. 
1877 MPB Ring is the number 877-672-7464. Um, we will get into um, you know some headlines uh, before we get uh, you know t- too deep into the show. But again, you know, I kind of wanted to to lead with the Section 230 thing for folks who don't know what it is. And I mentioned it is a liability shield law, and I kind of gave you a thirty thousand foot view of it. Uh, Here's a Washington Post description of what Section 230 is. It's a provision of the 1996 Communications uh, Decency Act. It says that companies that operate online forums, everything from the billions of posts made on Facebook to restaurant reviews on Yelp to comment sections on Twitter, cannot be considered the publisher of all those posts that others put on their sites. And therefore, the forum operators can't be held liable for what others choose to share on their sites even if those posts could break a law. In other words, it means that Facebook can't be held legally responsible for a user putting up a post that defames their sixth grade math teacher. Why does it matter? Section 230, uh, quote, gave companies the go ahead to launch every single technical intermediary that you depend on for the inter- for Internet communication, said Daphne Keller, the platform regulation director at the Stanford Cyber Policy Center. With few exceptions, it gives companies the right to to police content on their websites as they see fit. That means companies don't have to sift through millions of posts to make sure they are not violating any laws before allowing them to appear online. It also means people can post pretty much whatever they want and companies can duck responsibility for the effects. And we've seen, you know, YouTube and Facebook, I'll talk about specifically, those are the biggest Man, they've tried to, I mean, it's it's a dance with the devil to steal a line out of Batman. Um, we, we've we seen them try to stand, kind of hide behind. It, I mean, this law is a shield for them. But at the same time, maybe, and I don't know how a company with thousands of employees in dozens of locations and billions of dollars worth of assets can can make a move like this, a single move like this as an entity. But we've seen Facebook and YouTube try to find a way to draw a line between what's good and what's bad. And they've tried uh, and tried again. They've, they've had several different tries. Uh, some miserably on each one. <laughs> right. F- fumbling efforts. <laughs> they, they've adjusted their attempts, I'll sh- I should say, several different times at trying to uh, maybe censor is not the right idea, but uh, kind of put some public shields in place. It's not worked very well. The toothpaste was largely out of the tube before they started to do a lot of this, which makes it next to yep. impossible to try to catch up on. Man, it's just a mess. Um, uh, I, let me go to the phones first. We got a couple of callers on the line, and then I'll come back uh, to the fellows here. And we want to hear from you about this. 877 MPB ring. That's 877 672 7464. Let's start first today with Jim, who is in Madison. Jim, thanks for calling this morning. Thanks for starting us off. What's going on? Good morning. I've got a couple of thoughts about possible repeal of Section 230. Um, Number one, and the most important probably, is that if 230 is done away with, then the entire business model of social media platforms as we see them today is going to disappear, simply because it's not humanly possible to screen everything that gets posted. Right. Say, for instance, on Facebook, um, an employee in, in Cupertino, California, has no way of knowing if I say Bill, Bill Fredrickson is a convicted murderer, uh, whether that's true or not. And that would be per se slanderous. Um, so if the, if the platform is going to be held responsible for what an individual posts, then the platform is going to protect itself. It's not going to allow any pseudonyms. It's not going to allow any anonymous posts. It's going to require that you make an indemnity agreement in which probably is already in the terms of service. But on top of that, it's probably going to make you give them a credit card number so that if they get sued over what you post, they can sue you or just collect collect the money from your credit card. Uh, That's not going to be very popular. No. (laughs) And and that, that applies to every social media platform. No matter who you are, you know, what you do, um, 
And, and I, I just think repealing Section 230 was a really bad idea. Just, just a thought. All right, Jim. Hey, thanks for starting us off this morning. We appreciate that. 877. Love love your show, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. 877 MPB Ring is the number 877 672 7464. Let's take another call here before we take our first break. We have uh, John, who is up next in South Haven. John, thanks for calling. Good morning. Uh, Good morning, and thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, I have a problem that I'd like to see if you can help me solve. The uh, Windows 10 email app. Has uh, when I open my email app, there's no email there, but I can go into the internet and go to my Yahoo AT&T uh, app and put in the password, and all my email is there. And but it won't come in on my Windows 10 mail app. Is so, there something I need to do? Well, John, when you open that, uh, when you open that application. You just see a blank white screen? Correct, with a uh, screensaver behind it, yes. Okay, Um, so you see like clouds or something like that? Yeah, mountain, trees. Okay, so it sounds to me like the account is not set up or it's been corrupted, but when you open the mail app, it doesn't pop up a thing that says add an account or anything of that nature? Oh, yeah, over on the left side, there's a Uh new mail with a plus, but when you click on it, nothing happens. And then there's a uh, icon with accounts listed beside it. it says mm-hmm. manage accounts. And when I click on I'll, it, it comes up says manage accounts, uh, link inboxes, does, add an account. Does your account show up when you click on manage account? Do you see it under listed accounts? I do not. Okay. So what I think you need to do is add the account again because it's either been removed from that application or something got messed up. Um, you should be able to just click add account and sign back in with your info. And if you have, you know, Google or Outlook or Yahoo or whatever, it should just put all the credentials to, to log into those things, uh, other than your username and password automatically. So it sounds like you just need to reattach the account to that application. Okay. I'll give that a shot. Thanks for your help. All right. Appreciate now, your show. Thank you. John, yes, appreciate sir. it. I, one other thing I want to say is that um, a lot of those applications, they because they run like apps now, they're a little bit different than just like uninstalling a program. So you can actually click on the start menu and you can right click on the mail app and go to more and then you can go to app settings. And under app settings, you can find a lot of different things. There's one that says reset. This app isn't working right. Reset it. You can click that and that will allow you to basically start it off fresh. If you continue to have issues with it, if it won't allow you to connect an account, go in there and reset that app. All right. Excellent. That's interesting stuff. I've never, I've never made that connection. I know there are, you know, PCs have a, a native, like he was just talking about a native app that you can run, you know, your, your browser based mail through but i've never made that connection i don't know why maybe necessarily i just most of the time i use it on my phone so i've just never put the time in to make that connection we are creatures of habit (laughs) absolutely to be sure all right 877 mpb ring is the number we want to hear from you got any questions about what's going on with uh the tech that you use every day like john and south haven just did or jim and madison had a a a comment about uh, potential changes to Section 230, which we're talking about today. 877-MPB-RING is the number. Everyday Tech will continue after this on Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, 
Dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Thank you for listening this morning. I'm Jay White. Java Chapman is producing. Kevin Farrell is screening the calls this morning, and we would love to hear from you. Again, that number is 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. If you want to talk to us about uh, any new tech that you've experienced, problems that you're having with your tech, or if you want to talk to us about uh, kind of our overarching topic this morning, uh, Section 230, which is uh, kind of the uh, tech company liability law, uh, essentially is how it's been framed, that protects companies like Facebook, YouTube, uh, and and more from comments or content, videos, you know, groups, things like that, uh, that users produce that may put out dangerous information or misinformation, things like that. Uh, guys, I didn't have a chance to to really get your ideas on this, though I feel you may have some. Uh, Jeremy, do you want to start? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm a big proponent of free speech, especially on the Internet. And I feel like if they repeal this, it will put a big hit on one's ability to speak freely. Now, what I believe we're seeing uh, this particular section brought back up, this is an attempt to save face and put punitive efforts on tech companies for assisting with organizing campaigns of misinformation. Um, the reason I say that is because there are a lot of communities online, on uh, Twitter, on Facebook, etc., that organize in different ways and you know we can talk about the anti-vax community there there are so many different areas where this affects and i i had to go and figure out because i've been using the two terms interchangeably misinformation versus disinformation Mm -hmm. well misinformation is like when you accidentally share something that is incorrect disinformation is when you intentionally share something or create something that is false to mislead or create biased information, false narratives, facts, or even propaganda. Well, we've seen a lot of both in the last year. And I think that this has been brought to the forefront because it got completely out of control last year to the point where some pretty bad stuff happened. I mean, let's let's just be real. Actually, it was the beginning of this year. Um, when Twitter and Facebook were deciding that they were going to ban certain groups, they decided this far too late. Uh, as uh, you had already said, the, the toothpaste was definitely out of the tube. And so they're trying to show the general public like, oh, we care about this. We're not going to let this happen again. We've got to make sure that we nip this thing in the bud. But the problem with that is you're getting dangerously close to censorship which is just not the American way. Right. So where where do you draw the line? Well, that's that's a really difficult conversation. This is this is something that is going to take a while to figure out what the best solution is because anybody can turn evil at any moment. Anybody can decide, "Oh, I want to share this disinformation intentionally," but it's so much easier for people to just get a hold of an infographic online that says this or that, and share it with all their friends, even though it's completely bogus. It's just difficult to tell when someone is intentionally spreading for yeah. the, uh, the the purpose of, of misleading people versus unintentionally doing it. And it's, it's hard to know which groups are aligned with what. Furthermore, you, you enter a difficult gray territory, we'll say, when you're trying to tell someone that what they believe is false. Because these groups tend to believe conspiratorially that the whole world is against them and that we're part of the the mass that's trying to censor them. So it's 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 a really ugly area to, to get into, but it's something that we've definitely got to figure out a solution to because it's only going to get worse. You know, kind of uh, you know with the the social dilemma uh, thing that we talked about last year, uh, coming on the heels of that. Uh, documentary. Uh, one of the things that I heard in that documentary really 
struck a chord with me, and it's that the advancement in technology has moved the human race way faster forward than I think it was ready for, or maybe even is intended to be moving. And so you just, you tripped on something right there that the, the line between protection of freedom of speech and protection of the greater common good um, where, who, where do you draw that line? Where is, I mean, that's the 64 bazillion dollar question, right? And then uh, furthermore, you know, what's the court that decides that? Who's the judge right. of that, right? Zuckerberg? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, they've tried to, to do this to a certain extent. They certainly have the money to think that they're the people that make that decision. But as we've kind of noted, they've, they've repeatedly tried to kind of nip this in the bud or cut it off at the pass or whatever old weird uh, kind of uh, phrase you want to throw on that. But they have, uh, it's been, <laughs> regardless of their efforts, it's already, and, and by what I mean by the toothpaste is out of the tube, is this is already a bigger problem than, you know, some sort of, you know, intercompany uh, memo that changes a policy on a certain thing can cover. It's way bigger than that. It's, it, it's, it, an, it, it's an uphill battle because yeah. you have billions of users out there that are updating their statuses and posting pictures and stuff. And then you've got maybe I don't, I don't know how big these companies that moderate this content are, but there's definitely not enough of them because they sit at a desk all day and flag things and, you know, reject certain things that are added to social media. This picture violates our terms of service, yada, yada. But there's not enough people to do that job to handle all of the users. Right. It's just and not then, possible. And then here's the other thing. The more people you bring in, the more the more shades of gray you uh-huh. have on where exactly that line between protection of the greater common good and protection of free speech is because every single individual has a different idea of what that is. Precisely. Uh, specifically, if, you know, we're two people and we have two different political ideologies, then that line is very, very uh, not clear. I should say it's very smeared. Wiltz, man, uh, we've got, we got a couple of calls on the line. We're going to get to Michael and Sean here in just a second. But Wiltz, uh, your thoughts about the Section 230 discussion? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to choose my words very, very wisely because um, – it's tough, isn't it? Well, you know, I mean, yeah, the big thing is exactly without, what you're saying. It, it, it's hard it to talk thing. about this without making it political. Well, I mean, not even political. It's, it's just where, you know, we, we've slipped into now we're legislating morality. I mean, I, I saw a, a friend of mine mm. the last couple of days, his Facebook post got flagged and he got flagged and got in trouble from, you know, the powers that be because he was referring to a dog and their weight. And he used the word fat. And now fat is an illegal word to be using in your posts, apparently. And he got wow. shut down by Facebook Holy for referring cow. to a dog as fat for it was bullying. Um, wow. I mean, I mean, come on. Really? <laughs> I mean, at what, at what point, you know, this whole – no, I don't – I mean, in my opinion, no, they should not be. I think that there are certain things that I think that most people can agree don't have a place out there. But, I mean – they're, they're getting to the point, they're legislating topics. Well, we don't like this particular subject, so if you're a fan of this, um, I'll take one that, you know, just being honest, that I'm a fan of. I enjoy competitive shooting sports. Mm-hmm. I cannot freely talk about that online. Right. I'm not allowed. To. We are not allowed to freely talk about that without the sites being threatened to be shut down. Because, you know, uh, it, it, it's firearms, and some people have a differing opinion on that. I'm not talking about, you know, overthrowing governments or anything. I'm sitting here talking about a sport that a lot of people, you know, appreciate responsibly, but my speech is not allowed. Why's that? Now, if I were going in there and saying that I was going to take some kind of what we know as an illegal action or if I was trying to conduct illegal business, okay, that makes sense. I mean, but, you know, we're going to get to the point it's like, you know, we need to hold the uh, car manufacturers responsible for drunk driving. Right. You know, uh, Ford and Chevy can't sit there and say what you want to do with your car. Now, there are laws that will hold you accountable for, for, for 
you know, it's kind of like the uh, the misconception, you know, freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequence. Absolutely. And, you know, there are laws that hold us That's accountable good, yeah. for certain things. You cannot public, you know, you cannot publicly slander, you know, someone. You just can't come out here. We can't come onto this radio show and say something, you know, about someone and not be held accountable for that. We're allowed to say it, but we're allowed, you know, and rightfully so. MPB would, you know, be right to say something to us as well if, you know, you know, laws against slander and, and everything else. So, you know, um, at what point do we do we remember that people need to have personal accountability? And I think that's where we've kind of gotten away from is we're not holding people accountable. We're trying to say, well, you know, in order to hold hold the individuals accountable, we're just going to go ahead and hold everyone to this particular standard that somebody arbitrarily in a boardroom decided this is what it's going to be and this is what we're going to do. And, you know, that's just um, I think that's going against who we should be as a people and who, you know, if imagine if we would have had that same kind of approach 40 or 50 years ago, this is the speech that we want to allow. This is, you know, we don't want you talking about this. It may, you know, our country would look different. Yeah. You know, I mean, when, when you it's, talk, it's, it's, it's the proverbial slippery slope. I know it's a cliche to say that, but it really is. No doubt. No. At, at what point are we going to sit there and say, okay, this is, what's that judgment point? What's the center point? It's like, well, you know, um, hey, we've decided that we don't like this particular subject, so no one's going to talk about it. That's that, that's just not, that's not, um, that's not right. I agree eye. with you. And it, it's, it's like, you bring up a really good point with the firearms because that is a sensitive subject online. I didn't know that you couldn't even talk about them. Like you can't even post a, a video of you showing off your gun or anything, right? Like they'll, they'll flag that. Oh, you can, but if you sit there and say where you bought it, how much you paid for it, if you put any kind of um, anything that they construe as business with it, it's shut down. Wow. Um, so, yeah, you. I mean, you have to almost talk in code just to refer to them. And, you know, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, let's think about it. it. It's that's legislating speech at that point. That, yeah. That's saying what someone can and cannot say. Now, you know, should you not be able to make an illegal arms sale? No, you should not be able to. I mean, I'm 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 fully in support of that. I mean, we need to follow the laws, even if you don't agree with the laws. You know, the laws are there. If you don't agree with the laws, then there's a process for addressing that. And, you know, you take those particular methods. But, I mean, you know, hey, just because you don't agree with the speed limit doesn't exactly mean you can go as fast as you want. Um, nor should it, you know. But... All right, let's so take a like couple. We, of, let's take a couple of calls here, real quickly. We've had uh, Sean and Michael who have been on hold, hanging on for us. Let's start with Michael in Memphis. Michael, thanks for holding on. Uh, go ahead this morning. How's it going? It's going good. All right, for the person who just called recently about having problems with um, Windows 10 Mail and his AT and T email account. Anybody has AT and T account or any of the ones owned by the Baby Bells, <laughs> you need to get a secure mail key. And use it instead of your normal password in your desktop mail program, or you will not be able to get your emails. That's half true. Um, with Windows 8 and back, that's absolutely correct. Um, with Windows nope. 10, uh, because it's got the app support, it should send them to some kind of a login screen to exchange a secure key without having to get a specific mail key. Now, with other applications like older versions of Outlook, you're absolutely right. You have to have an app-specific password in order to log into those accounts because of all the security changes with emails a few years back. But Windows 10 Mail should send you to a login prompt for Yahoo or AT&T or whatever uh, to, to get into that account without having to have an app-specific password. But if you're on an older version of Windows or an older Mail protocol or an older Mail program that doesn't support the newer security, you're absolutely right. Okay. I know um, Outlook 2019 does not support it. You have to get the secure mail key in order to work Outlook 2019 and, and Thunderbird and most everything else. Well, Thunderbird's an older program, so it might require that as well. But most of these newer programs should have a thing that will take okay. you to a login prompt. However, well, if you do require – sorry? I was going to say that uh, – he may want to try if he can get to work. Anybody else who's using another email program that's not getting their 
AT&T, emails, or any of the companies that are owned by AT&T, like Bell South, uh, you know, get your secure mail key, and it'll probably start working. Well, typically, if you run into that problem, it will tell you that your password is incorrect, even if you put the password incorrectly and you know it's correct. If you're running into a, a, a prompt that's telling you that it's not correct, then you do need an app-specific password, or you do need to a- attach the account to the online account in a different way. All right, Michael, thanks uh, for the call from Memphis this morning. Uh, we do appreciate it. I'm just, you guys showed great restraint and not jumping immediately in on uh, the first guy that called there with his issue when he said Yahoo. I was just very <laughs> impressed with your guys' restraint on the <laughs> Yahoo mail. Well, his issue wasn't his mail provider. It was just the way that his uh, his app was attaching to his mail. But, you know, we've had that conversation a bajillion times. We've beaten that horse to death. Uh, that's true. That's true. All right, let's go next to Sean, who has called us in Hattiesburg. Sean, good morning. Thanks for calling. Uh, good morning. Thank, thanks for having me. Uh, I just wanted to jump into the conversation on Section 230 and maybe narrow the scope of the conversation a little bit. Sure. The uh, Supreme Court ruled in like 1919 and again in 1969 that you like uh, under the First Amendment, you still can't do it, like say anything that would, you know, incite imminent illegal action. You know, the old line is like yelling fire in a crowded theater. That's not protected under the U.S. Constitution. So I think, you know, repealing Section 230 would be a bad idea, especially in regards to what happened in the last month, you know, with uh, on Twitter and Facebook, you know, not allowing people to make posts about anything involving the Capitol or, you know, anything that would incite further violence from what happened at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, So I don't think it would be a good idea, you know, holding them liable for um, individuals that made statements inciting violence or inciting illegal action about that. You know, like you guys said earlier, I just definitely don't think there's enough employees at any of the tech companies that would be able to manage all of those posts all the time it just is kind of an insurmountable task just wanted to throw that out there and hear you guys thoughts on it all right sean thanks for the call this morning from hattiesburg if you want to call in and talk about this 877 mpb ring is the number 877-672-7464 you know to your point you know wilts when you were talking about i mean you're a fan of of shooting sports uh, you know, part of this thing is that you know all of a sudden if it is um if it is put to Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or Twitter or somebody like that, but that they have to come back and try to police things like this. Let's just say Facebook, for example. Facebook has such a percentage of, of penetration into everyday life. You know, the percentage of just random users in the United States, Facebook has such, you know, wide scale integration into everyday life that, you know, putting some sort of policy together that's kind of an across the board um, screen of of what needs to be stopped and what what needs to be allowed through. Number one, like we talked about, you know, who decides those things and for every new person you add to that conversation that blurs the line just a little bit more. But then number two, you have a situation where because of how many millions and millions and millions of users a platform just like Facebook has and how many different things there are to do and how many different interests there are, it's almost impossible to put across the board restrictions on certain types of speech because, you know, if there are people who are afraid you know, that, um, you know, Second Amendment stuff is is going to cause a stir. Now, all of a sudden, you got a people over here who have a group that talk about, you know, shooting sports. Um, you know, now they're getting posts that are being flagged and things like that for something that's completely fine. And there's no way well, that see, they could avoid, in, in, you know, to a certain extent, there's no way that they can avoid not almost damaging their product trying to get back on it like this. The... I think the real issue here is that we all agree there should be some regulation to this, but when does regulation become over-regulation? When do they take it to the extreme and just annoy everybody because you almost can't say anything online? Where do we draw that line? Yeah. Like, oh, I saw a picture and it hurt my feelings. I must, you know, and yeah, it's, it's gotten to be way, way, we, we went, 
we went beyond community. I mean, that, that's the way I always kind of thought it should be. If I'm if I'm in a, a social media group, if I'm amongst my friends or acquaintances and somebody's saying something. I mean, I'll go all the way there and just say something. They're saying something that it is illegal, that it's not, you know, not gray, black and white, illegal. You know, at some point, they need to be held personally accountable, you know, for that. If, they, if somebody is on, online, for example, you know, um, advocating for illegal actions. But if somebody's just saying something that you don't agree with, you know, uh, I think you had a really good example, Jeremy. The whole, you know, I have friends that are anti vax, I have friends that are pro vax. And I'm not talking about just COVID. I'm talking about pre-20, you know, pre-COVID-19. I mean, these, these were conversations that were occurring long before, you know, Rona came along. You know, um, and each side has their opinion. And each side has their opinion based on certain things. And so why would why should we be able to sit there and say, well, we're going to go ahead and decide that this side should not speak about it because we don't like that. Yeah, that's where we're getting into a problem because neither side is illegal. Right. Neither side is breaking the law. I mean, you know, we, we are allowed to have opinions. People make, you know, um, I'm going to make the health decisions in my household, not based on what my Facebook friends opinions are, but the decisions that I'm going to make for my health are going to be based on what my opinions and my, com- you know, I'm accountable ultimately for my health and a meme's not going to change me one way or another of what I'm going to do. And we're, we're getting to that point of where we're saying, you know, now we're starting to say, well, we're going to favor this opinion over this opinion. And we're, we're calling that we're trying to police to protect everybody. But I think what we've done is we've actually went over that slope and it's went a little bit too far. And now it's, again, we're, we're legislating morality and, and we're legislating opinions and, that line of illegal legal has been blurred and now it's just you know um one big muddied mess yeah like for example right now if you were a person who leans far right politically i mean there's nothing illegal about that they have i mean if you're a person who you know who has beliefs politically uh ideologically in that direction you're i mean those people still have every right to be able to think that way. But right now that's probably, I mean, that's probably a very difficult thing to do on any social media platform right now. You know, I mean, I'm sure those people, like every move those people are making are being watched like hawks right now. And, and for a lot of people an overwhelming majority of those people, you know, the, the reason that they're being watched so closely right now is not their fault personally. uh, But, you know, this is, this is kind of a byproduct of what has been happening recently. And it goes all the way to the extreme other side, too. I mean, that's that's the really, really cool thing. And and what's really interesting is I think if you talk to people who are not from this country, it seems like they get that a little bit more. You know, yeah. um, we're used to having these these freedoms of opinion and allowed to think these things. Um, you know, I've met people from different countries that are like, oh, my gosh, it's amazing. If I said this exact same sentence in this country, I'd be jailed or this, that or the other. I mean, we take that for granted because we yeah. have the advantages of it. But. You know, it, it's okay to have. It's almost gotten to where it's like it's not okay to have this differing opinion. It's okay to have an opinion that differs from someone, as long as your opinion is not trying to hurt someone, as long as you're not trying to impose and say, you know, um, dictate something that's going to harm them. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I used to remember this thing on the playground. Y'all might have heard it too. Sticks and stones may break my bones. Right. Something about you know, words will never hurt me. Um, we've kind of gotten away from that too. All right. Let's well, oh, go, go ahead, Jeremy. Well. I- I, what I see happening, because these are tech companies that are handling the solution, is they're going to try to make this automated, which is going to create big problems. It's impossible. Yes. So if you think about like censorship, censorship in China, for example, uh, and I, I don't know if this still works, but I've, I've read about it online. Apparently, if you're talking to somebody from China and you mention anything about Tiananmen Square, it just knocks them offline. Like, instantly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So. Obviously, there's something automated that's doing that. There's not a human being sitting there monitoring that communication. So when we reach that point, we've, we've let it go too far. But tech companies are always going to give you some automated solution. Got, they've got to be working. They've had to have been working on it for years while this, these different buildings full of people moderating this content are doing it manually. They're trying to figure out a way to automate it, and that is going to be where the real problem comes in because the artificial intelligence isn't going to care 
one way or the other. Oh, this word is in it. It's out. The yeah. word gun was mentioned. We flagged it. It's gone. It's deleted. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go back to the phones. We have uh, Benji up next in South Haven. Benji, thanks for calling. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to continue on with this subject. And it's more of an editorial comment than anything else. Uh, I see a, a lot of this talk lately, especially in a lot of the video essays I watch on YouTube. And I'm noticing there's there seems to be a running trend of uh, certain groups are talking about how this is a limitation on free speech, but we got to remember these are private companies. And when you join in, you sign on to these terms of service. Yep. And those terms of service, you know, you're free to leave. Um, that That is an argument, but uh, it's become a matter of this is, has become our public square. We don't have that really in most towns anymore where, where people will gather and, and, and speak in, in large gatherings in a symposium-style debate. Um, now we're, we're seeing it more on Facebook, on Twitter, on, well, Parler's dead now, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and that's, uh, I see this as a symptom of just the way things have been going, and I know you wanted to keep the politics out of this. But this is a political issue. This is a free speech issue. Uh, Absolutely. The we we in the past, I've heard a lot of politicians talk about removing regulations from big business. Well, what business is bigger than Facebook? <laughs> you know, and when you remove the regulations from them, then they're allowed to self-regulate. This is what you get. When they're allowed to decide what is on their platform, this is what you get. And I don't think that the people of the world have the unified political will to shut Facebook down by not using them. No, there's no way that'll happen. Right. Uh, You can look at the activities they've engaged in in other countries, like the Philippines, um, and also in, uh, what was it, Burma? which of Myanmar, that was the one in Myanmar, where they offered people free internet, but only to be able to access their email and their Facebook. Mm. And Mm. there were groups that were using uh, manufactured discussions to turn the public discourse toward attacking this uh, minority group, which resulted in a massacre in Myanmar. And Facebook didn't take any responsibility at all for facilitating the discussion. They used bots and an algorithm to mediate it. But when the people are posing, you know, these, which, you know, they weren't discussions before, they're discussions now kind of like here when somebody wrote that article about why aren't millennials buying diamonds? Dude, nobody was talking about that before. But suddenly you want to try to make a discussion, and they did the same thing in Myanmar. You know, why are these, I can't remember, it was some Buddhist group that was the minority. It ended up becoming a very awful situation for these people. A lot of them have had to run um, and have seen their families slaughtered. And this was the main communication tool involved in it was Facebook. Benji, you make some great points. Um, you know, one of the things, kind of what I was referring to a minute ago, is that the the the, I mean the the pers- the, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, I mean, just the sheer volume of users they have is going to make it impossible to try to you know just yank yank the cord on something like this. You know, regardless of how Facebook tries to handle a situation or how bad they could mis mishandle a situation. Uh, so that makes it, I mean, look, we think about how many users, you know, uh, AT&T or all the combined baby bells before they put them all back together or they bought them all back. You know, I mean, Facebook is essentially a public utility. I mean, it's not a public utility, but it's, it's used like a public utility. Right. Uh, and I mean, it has more users than, than public utilities have. So from that standpoint, um, it, it is... 
I mean, it's impossible to walk some of these things back. But with that in mind, uh, the you know the statement you made about how you know letting these companies regulate themselves. I mean, we've seen how we've seen how our government works. Um, you know, when you know certain industries, like the financial industry, for example, is allowed to regulate itself. I mean, it becomes instantly corrupt. Specifically, when things like money are are on the table, and that's what's going to happen with. I mean, we're talking about Facebook. We're talking about, you know, Google, YouTube, things like that. I mean, it's all driven by money. And so these companies allowed to regulate themselves, they're going to put on a, a nice face, a nice public facing face with regard to, hey, look, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to clean this up. We're trying to make this better. But in reality, what's the bottom line? What's more important to those people? Money. What's more important to their stockholders? Are they going to regulate themselves to the detriment of what that bottom line is or what that stock price is? Not likely. No, they're not. I mean, they could say maybe they would, but we all know the real answer. Nah. Nah. That ain't happening, Captain. Benji, thanks for the call. A lot of interesting thoughts right there. Kind of a deep topic. I don't know that I necessarily thought it was. Big one. Yeah. That's it. That's, yeah. It was good stuff. You know, Just to you, throw out these well, numbers was, real quick, Jay. I'm uh -huh. sorry. Uh uh, Jeremy, but uh, no Facebook has 1.8 billion daily logon users. Daily, daily, 1.8 billion people log on. They That's say they active. have 1.8 billion active users. Yeah, around 2.5 as a you know as a whole user, but 1.8 people log into Facebook daily, and there's 7.8 billion people on Earth. So. <laughs> That's you keep talking about how big and monumental this situation is. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. How much about. penetration they have, and I'm not just talking about any market. That's the human freaking race. Yeah, right. The whole planet. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's insane. All right, well, thanks for listening this morning, and uh, drink some coffee or something. Your day will get better. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring the room down like that for an hour, but no, it's an interesting discussion, and uh, you know, we talk about a lot of cool tech and stuff like that. I guess maybe I just wanted to prove everybody we could think about some deep stuff, too. I don't know. We need to talk about these things, though. Absolutely. I love this show. I really enjoyed this show. Absolutely. You made me feel better about that, Jeremy. And you and Wills had some great, great points. Great points. You know, a lot of times you guys are just troubleshooting stuff. So it was great to hear you guys, you know, be able to expand on opinions about stuff, too. So that was really cool, too. I'm feeling Absolutely. better already about it. All right. Well, I'm going to be gone next week, and Java's going to uh, guest host for me. So I've just broke that news on everybody here. So uh, thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Coming up next is uh, uh, Southern Remedy, and we will be – I won't, but the rest of these folks will be back here next Wednesday at 10, barring trials for Everyday Tech.